welcome to Commerce Confidential. Wonderman Thompson Commerce and Technology is thrilled to welcome Simon Miles to the podcast. Simon is Global Vice President for Omnichannel at the Coca-Cola Company. The Coca-Cola Company includes more than 200 brands and thousands of beverages around the world. Today's topic, retail media networks. Our host for today, Kiese Lemour, Global Head of Media for Wonderman Thompson Commerce and Technology, will take it from here. Hello, and welcome to Commerce Confidential. I am joined by Simon Mize, VP of Global Omnichannel Commercial Strategy at the Coca-Cola Company to discuss all things from written media data to customer centricity and a few things in between. Simon has been at the Coca-Cola Company since 2006, so knows the system quite well. He has held a number of senior commercial roles across category planning, shopper marketing, and account management. As global VP for Omnichannel, he has been a leading figure in the development of the digital agenda within the Coca-Cola system and the company's overall customer strategy, business results, and marketplace relationships. Simon, good afternoon and welcome. How are you today? Hi, Kiesa. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Oh, thank you for joining us. We're very excited and very chuffed to, to have you. Speaking of retail media, Simon, as the third digital advertising big wave, retail media is loaded by industry pundits as the new kid on the block that will revolutionize advertising, outpace digital advertising, and even overtake TV spend for CPG advertisers in the US. Now, these are some bold claims, but Simon, are we simply witnessing a hype similar to blockchain a few years ago, or are we witnessing a fundamental shift that will forever define advertising? What's your take? Yeah, you you could be forgiven, couldn't you? The all the coverage to think this is another sort of hype, you know, or another bubble. But there are two things I think going on at the moment, and neither of them I think are just hype. One is retail media networks, and the other one is artificial intelligence. Both of those are here for the long term and are fundamental changes in our industry. And I'll tell you why, particularly for retail media networks, right? I think that the case for change here and the, what's the driving force behind it is pretty fundamental when you look at it through the lens of consumers, retailers, and brands. Consumers, I think, are are going to win in this space when we get this right because they'll be getting more relevant offers, right? They'll be getting better experience. I think retailers obviously are going to get an incremental revenue stream, which is high margin, and that's great, and they'll be able to build bigger baskets. And brands will be able to target in a way that we just haven't been able to before and not only target better, but actually measure the impact. And so genuinely tie that link between media placements and then the mm-hmm. transactions that take place. So for my money, it's not hype. It's a, it's a kind of generational opportunity to really change the landscape of how sales and marketing activation works together. And the way you've actually described it, it's almost like a, a virtuous circle where everybody wins, the customers wins, the retailers win, and the brands win. But let's backtrack a little bit and define what does retail media actually mean to and for an organization like Coca-Cola, both in terms of its definition and its significance to the business? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because there's lots of definitions around, you know, you ask 20 people, you get 20 different answers, right? Like um, programmatic, uh, you know, a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Like many of these kind of areas that have grown up over the years. But, you know, for us, I think fundamentally, it's the opportunity to get closer to shoppers and consumers than we ever have before. And it's a basis for us to drive basket incidents and close loop measurement. And that's the key thing, I think, is 
it's eliminating some of the wastage, which inevitably is in everybody's kind of marketing mix, and shift all of that stuff much closer to the point of purchase and be really accurate. So it's a massive opportunity. But yeah, let's be honest, whilst we can kind of see what that looks like, there are huge challenges to, to realising that sort of promise. And I think you know, when you think about the complexity that we've, we're faced with at the moment, when you think about the need for upskilling, that's one of the things that comes back all the time. Yeah, um, definitely. And measurement, you know, there are still lots of gaps, you know, in the measurement and, and we're still working our way through it. We don't have all the answers by any means, but, you know, huge opportunity for sure, which is what it really means. But also that comes with a series of challenges that we're solving for as we speak. Retailers' data and closed loop measurements are at the heart of retail media and the key reasons why many predicted to be a $143 billion industry by 2024. But from a measurement perspective, though, ROAS tends to be the go-to metric to prove the value of retail media, when at the same time, many of the brands that we work with seem to care more about things like market share and value, gross margins, basket ads. Do you think brands are seeing and understanding the value from retailers' data? What should even be measured? And is the data actually available to do so? <laughs> wow, that's a big one. The answer is we're starting to get to that. You know, We're not there by any means. And I, and I think... For me, this is one of the areas where there's a huge need for the whole industry to work together on measurement because some of the answers probably sit with the brand companies, some of the answers sit with the retailers, some of the answers sit with the agencies. And so there's this need, I think, to work together in a very broad sense. And that's why I like what I see from people like the IAB, for example, who've been publishing some stuff more recently around trying to standardise even things like, you know, definitions, like we were saying earlier. Oh, my God. You get 20 different definitions, right? And, and that's even yeah. more the case in, in metrics. So, you know, definitions, capability, I think there's huge basis to go and, and distance to go in terms of things like transparency and consistency because you know That's I'm in right. a very privileged position right at Coca-Cola where I work as part of the global team and so I get to see the development of this from different places you know whether it's Europe or North America or China or Asia or Latin America wherever and what you see is this is developing and growing in a different way as each sort of retailer launches its own network right so mm-hmm. there's a need to drive some of that consistency and transparency as well as you know, accuracy, reliability, and the point you were making earlier around privacy and security, because that mm-hmm. differs very much in terms of the, the sort of um, restrictions. So, you know, if you take it right back and you say, well, you know, ROAS is the one that everybody's kind of been looking at, that's just too broad. You know, you, you, you've got to get under the skin of that. You've got to be thinking, what are the real drivers of, of success here? For us, that goes back to setting very clear objectives together. So when I say together, I mean, you know, between say sales and marketing with inside the walls of the organization, but it also means between, you know, the brand company and the retailer to be very clear on jointly, you know, what are we trying to achieve here? Because depending on what your campaign is trying to do, it will mean there are different metrics you would be interested in. If it was on a, a smaller emerging brand, you might be interested in metrics like, you know, how many of the consumers are transacting are new to brand, right? Yeah. So there are met- metrics like that, or it might be if it, one of them is from a more of a category leading brand, it might be that category growth, right? It might be yeah. about incrementality. It could be, you know, where you've got a big brand, say like Coca-Cola, where we have lots of households buying our brands, but, you know, one of the challenges is how do we get people to move from light shoppers to 
the more regular shoppers. So it mm-hmm. might be about conversion rates and frequency. So just doing these kind of high level metrics, I don't think is going to cut it. Um, and so we're working hard with our sort of retail partners and our agency partners to try and get to the real metrics that we want, depending on the objectives of any individual campaign. And that just, mm-hmm. quite honestly, so that just takes time, right? There are gaps, you know, maybe maybe it's stuff that isn't readily available and we've got to kind of work together to figure out how we get there. But we're, we're absolutely, you know, trying to partner up to get to that stage. You know, long-winded way of, of saying, you know, not yet, we're not there yet, but we're, <laughs> we're kind of getting there. We're trying to be clearer on, you know, campaign by campaign what we need. As VP of Omnichannel Commercial Strategy, customer centricity and customer experience is obviously at the core of what you do. And retail media, you know, quite frankly, isn't exempt from those principles. I think we all agree that retail media should enhance the shopping experience and not distract from it. But in your opinion, does retail media deliver on those promises and how can it be leveraged to deliver value to customers and how can brands partners with retailers to deliver a consistent brand experience across digital and offline channels especially when you think about it some of these channels are outside of brand's control if you think about a a retailer store layout or or retailer's uh, website for example yeah, you're absolutely right. That's spot on. It's a tricky one that, you know, because when you start to step into the offline channels as well, that adds an extra layer of complexity. So, you know, I, I do I sort of feel for the retailers to be like trying to wrap that in as well. It's hard enough to get clarity around just the digital pieces, right, without then saying, <laughs> hey, and we also want to build displays and, you know, have different things um, in the stores. It's tricky, which, which you know, the, the original question here about, you know, does it deliver on the promises? I think the honest answer is not yet. Because we shouldn't forget, this is still pretty new for most people, right? This is we're still mm-hmm. learning how to play this game, uh, and I think it, it's changing the rules of the game a little bit. And, and uh, for me, it's one of the biggest collaboration opportunities the industry's had in many years because of the point I was making earlier around. I don't think any one company is going to solve it on their own, and so we're all having to figure this out. I think together, and the more we can do that transparently, the better. From a grocery point of view, which is obviously the, the part of the industry I'm working in, what's starting to evolve because of, of the capability potentially of, of retail media is we need to get much closer, I think, to shopper insight, to missions and occasions. And the, and the reason yeah. I say that is because when you think about how we're surfacing you know, media campaigns or search results and those kind of things, if I'm searching for certain products, I'm still not seeing the media being displayed that will help me perhaps complete the shopping mission I'm on. So mm-hmm. if I'm putting pasta in my shopping cart i'm then getting served up ads for different brands of pasta whereas i think it's better if i was seeing things like pasta sauces or tomatoes or cheese you know what i mean the things that will complete that meal or if i'm starting to put enough items in my basket which you could work out perhaps i'm having a barbecue how do you just start to suggest all the other things that need to go with the barbecue so i think there's a way that we need to evolve that thinking based out of consumer insight missions and occasions to drive that through and, and even though, you know, we've probably not got there yet, I, search is probably the one that's that's proving to be the most beneficial from some of the kind of um, work we've been doing. It's the most sort of powerful element. But I think that site architecture and the response has to evolve over time. Difficult, right? And, yeah. And complex in terms of platform capabilities and so on. But I think you know, the more we can talk about it, the more we can work together. We have a phrase 
um, a coat that we, we try and work from a, the point of view of being consumer centric, but customer mm-hmm. back. And so what that means is, you know, we're, we're very focused on what's right for the consumer, but we're trying to work with our customers to build that back, right? So our customers mm-hmm. in this case, either being, you know, food service outlets, um, food aggregators, or, you know, the retailers. And so I think the way we work together has to be much more, you know, open and transparent, particularly in how we plan campaigns together. Yeah. And I think the more we can do that, then you can start, you know, if we start to do that right from a on-platform point of view, I think you could then start to stretch your thinking into the sort of thing you were talking about, which was into the store environment too. Because wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, in the summer we were running a Coke with Meals campaign, say, which was, you know, very alive on the site, and we're probably posting some stuff from a social media point of view, and you were seeing the displays in-store near the deli with the meat and the burger buns and, you know, all this other stuff, right? So you can see how you could knit this together um, in the future. And it's just how we step-by-step go together towards that kind of a vision, I think. And it's it's true because in the example that you gave about the the, the search result experience about pasta mm. and being served other brands, other brand of pasta, how much yeah. pasta can one human being eat, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, so sometimes I wonder if it's retailer-driven or brand-driven because when we you mentioned something about collaborative planning. And I think sometimes you end up with those suboptimum result when you plan in a channel mindset right it's like you dictate okay i want to do search i want to do display as opposed to starting with who is it that i need to talk to and what are the objectives that i need to achieve and let that dictate the the channels or the points the touch points in the customer journey where you need to read that customer and how you need to communicate uh, with them so you, you also said something about, you mentioned customers and, and you mentioned the relationship between uh, retailers and, and brands. One of the dynamics that has been at the heart of shopper marketing spend, up until recently at least, is the supplier-customer relationship, right? Where the brand is the supplier, as you said, and the retailer, the customer. And what that entails from a power balance, I'll, I'll just say like that. However, yeah. with retail media, retailers are now competing for media budgets with the likes of Google, Meta, broadcasters, you name it. How is that changing the traditional supplier-customer dynamic, if at all? And what place, if any, does retail media have on JBPs between brands and retailers now? Or is it an afterthought or is it something that isn't even part of the mix? Yeah, this, this comes up a lot. This is, you know, I hear people talking about this a lot. And it is an interesting dynamic here at play. And I, I think the way I look at it is actually, whilst you can look at it as, you know, there's sort of buyers and sellers in this, the reality is we're in, interdependent, right? We're, we're both, you know, dependent on each other. And so this is just another expression of that. And so it's, it's yes, of course, it's a slightly different approach because in the media area, obviously, you know, we've got a lot of expertise because we're big media buyers anyway. They're selling a, you know, proposition that has to, to stand up against, you know, Meta or Google or whoever, right, in terms of what yeah. the, the rest of, of the purchasing opportunities would be. But overall, what I've seen is the most success always comes from much more of a an open, transparent, collaborative relationship, right, which we mm-hmm. have, we're lucky, you know, we have with many of our retail partners. And it's no different in this media space, in my view. And what it goes back to, for me, internally, at the, you know, we have an ambition to be the best 
value creation partner for our customers, right? Whether that's retail or food service. And so, you know, how do we do that with them? It's part of how we work together. And this is just a new element of that. And it's tricky because of the the whole silos thing, right? That we were sort yeah. of mentioning earlier. But you know, what we're trying to do, and we, we've had some experience of this, particularly in North America, and we're starting to do it in other parts of the world as well, is to essentially to use our media expertise to try try and help the retailers as they're building out their propositions, right? Because they're running real fast to build out, you know, the ecosystem and the, and the capabilities they're offering That's in their true. media networks, right? And so because we've got, you know, obviously a lot of experience of what we're looking for, we have some methodology where we say, well, look, we've got some assessments here that we do of any any media that we will want to buy as to what's on offer, um, how easy the platform is, you know, what capability is built into it. And so we mm-hmm. share that very openly. We'll say, well, look, we'll, we'll take a look at your your network and, and align it against the rest. And so you can see where some gaps are, where, you know, some of the things that we would want, some of the things that, that are really great from your point of view. And that drives some of our investment decisions. And so, you know, it needs to in compete with other forms of media and it's increasingly doing so but it's more of a partnership thing and that's I think that's the way to do it particularly when this is a growing area that's not very well known in many cases and is relatively new so we've got to help each other to get to the right solution here for the benefit of all of us and you know you think about you know someone like me going to our CMO and asking for more more spend next year and 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 they turn around and say, well, what, what did it deliver last year? If I, if I say, well, I've no idea, but I want 30% more, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get fired. You'll be out of a job. You'll be yeah, out exactly. of a job. I'm going to get fired, right? So so we've all got to help each other. You know, if the retailer wants the increase of money, they've got to help me measure it so that I can go and ask for more. So it's a symbiotic thing where we're, we really are dependent on each other to make that work. And I think specifically on the JVP question that you asked, that, that is an interesting one. And there's there's different views here, I think. But for me... You're talking about a different thing here than, than what is traditionally in a, a retailer supplier kind of JBP, it, mm-hmm. because the media spend works to a different cadence. If you think about typically, you know, your terms of trade and promotional plans and stuff are baked into a joint business plan. And that yeah. typically year from year doesn't vary that much. And so there's a there's an annual negotiation typically that takes place. And it's kind of, well, what did you spend last year? And as an expectation, it'll be something similar. Media doesn't work that way, does it? It's campaign by campaign judged each one on its merits and therefore it doesn't work in an annualized way so therefore it would be very hard i think to bake it into the jvp because you know if you imagine in year one of an agreement got a new brand launched in a new campaign you, you probably you know spend might be at, at one level if that, neither of those things are true in year two then you wouldn't spend anywhere near that and so mm-hmm. you, know, you can't it's just it's just working to a different cadence so you know we i think the, the way to think about it is you need them connected but not integrated so what i mean is Yes, of course, you know, we we should plan together and you should connect it. So if you go back to that example I was saying about, you know, with meals campaign type thing, yes. wouldn't it be great if we knew that up front so that the, the account team goes in knowing that's when the media spend is going to be spent and they can align their in-store promotional program so that, that also comes to life at the same time. Then the whole thing links up and it's much stronger. Yes. But it doesn't mean it's in the JPP. It just means we've been really smart about how we plan together. And by together, I mean, sales, marketing on the brand side, as well as media and the merchandising teams uh, in the retailer. So it's just a different way of working together. And I think in the end, we're going to be better for it. We're going to produce better programs. And of course, the thing that that's delivered, which we must never forget, is that will deliver a better experience for our consumers. Because if we don't give a better experience for our consumers, we'll all fail. So we've got to, I think, approach it in that way and say, how do we better serve the end consumers? And, and I suppose something interesting that, that that you said as you were you were talking about it got to be connected but not integrated and and not necessarily be 
a part of the the JBPs in the way that we have conversation in regards to the trade side is also that when you look at retail media holistically, it's not just about on-site. As much as the retailers can control to a certain extent what happens on-site and in-store, when you start talking about channels like social and programmatic and connected TV, there is another layer of partnership that comes in there that enables the the retailer to not have full control of that delivery. So I can understand and see what you mean there. I think that's exactly right. And I think we have got to think broader and and we think about it as end-to-end, right? So how do we plan better right the way through the path to purchase, which is not not linear in any means. And we, we all know, you know, some of that is going to be off platform, some of that will be on site, some of that will be just in store and, and it can go in either direction. So you have to have a much broader view of how shoppers are shopping um, and how consumers want to buy and just make sure that you think through the best touch points campaign by campaign so that you show up in the most relevant and timely way to help them find the solution they're looking for. So, you know, when you do that, it it breaks you out of some of the narrow thinking that, well, this is only about, you know, the touch points I can serve up on site. So you're right, there needs to be just a different sort of thought process, I think, in terms of how that is. And and in our language, that's, you know, breaking out and thinking much more, how do we do this end to end from the consumer, including, by the way, loyalty and feedback loops and all that kind of stuff. Thank you very much for joining me today, Simon. This was a very insightful conversation. I mean, we could have spoken for hours <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's been an absolute pleasure. And that's people, our checkout for this episode of Commerce Confidential. Thank you for listening and goodbye till next time. Thanks so much for listening to Commerce Confidential. A huge thank you to our special guest, Simon Miles, Global Vice President for Omnichannel at the Coca-Cola Company. Kiese Lamour was our host. Thank you, Kiese. Additional thanks to Alex Brandstetter. This podcast is produced by me, Fiona Jessup, and Betsy Stewart, with original music by Adam Murphy. Get the latest episode of Commerce Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.